actual minute plenary. There will now be an opportunity for silence, prayer, or meditation. Thank you. Honorable members, before we proceed, I would like to remind you that the virtual manipulary is deemed to be in the presence of parliament and constitute a meeting of a national assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules of virtual city sittings, the rules of national assembly, including the rules of debate applies. Members, enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have said, been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute when recognized to speak. This is because the mics are very sensitive and will pick up noise which might disturb the attention of other members. When recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icon on the bar at the bottom of their screens, which has an option that allows a member to put up his or her hand up for points of order. The Secretariat will assist in electing the chairperson to members requesting to speak. When using virtual system members are urged to refrain from or desist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. Honorable members, now we shall now proceed to the order of the day, which is the debate on Vote 31 Employment and Labor Appropriation Bill. I now recognize the Minister of Employment and Labor, Honorable Tulas Nelson. Over to you, Honorable Minister. Honorable Minister. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, the colleagues, uh, ministers who are here the Deputy Minister of Dell and other Deputy Ministers, the DG Senior Management of the Department and its entities, the members of the media, ladies and gentlemen. Chair, we can all agree that this has been a difficult year. Over 50,000 fellow South Africans have succumbed to COVID-19. Thankfully, the overwhelming majority of those infected recovered. The pandemic and the lockdowns resulted in the massive disruption to economic activity and uh, livelihoods, which adversely impacted uh, government's revenue and budgets. The estimates of the national expenditure allocation to the Department of Employment and Labor was reduced by 339 million, resulting in a final appropriation of 3.3 billion for the year 2021. The department draft uh, appropriation statement for 2021 reflects underspending of 6%. This is a measure of disruption brought by the pandemic as programs and targets were modified as contact services were reduced to curb the spread of the virus. Performance against targets for 2021 stands at 51% compared to nearly 90% in the previous year. 
despite the difficult conditions, the department and the majority of the entities received unqualified report from the Auditor General for 2021. There's however challenges around the compensation fund and uh, the UIF which received a disclaimer. We are committed to continued improvement of governance and organizational review of the two funds um, to attain a clean audit. I've met with the office of the, the AG which is providing guidance in addressing the problems at the compensation fund. For the 2021-22, an appropriation of 3.5 billion was awarded to the department, representing a reduction of 351 million in the baseline tabled in 2020. The major reductions made by the department are 213 million from the compensation of employees and 8.5 million on the goods and services. In addition, budgets across the entities were reduced by 102 uh, million. We know that there has been a big cry from the side of the compensation fund about uh, how they deal with the retrenchment, something we're going to look in the process. So that's the context of the current budget vote. But I'm, I'm, I'm not here to lament or blame the problems on the pandemic. Rather, I will focus on the department's response to the pandemic and developments around the, the core mandate of employment and the decent work. First, on the response to the COVID-19, the Occupational and Health Safety and Safety, that is OHS inspectors, helped to craft the COVID-19 OHS directions to enforce compliance. Over 31,000 inspections were conducted for the period 1st of April 2020 to the 31st, uh, 2021, the 31st March 2021. The department appointed an additional 500 OHS inspectors a welcome addition in the battle against the COVID-19, making, uh, making possible a four-hold increase in the number of inspections played for 2021-22. So the target is to conduct over 96,000 OHS inspections this year. COVID-19 tariff benefits started paying out from April 2020. Uh, as at the 31st of March 2021, payments were made to 267,000 employees and 5.4 million individual employees at the cost of 58.7 billion, providing support to laid off workers, their families and communities across the country. The necessary operational changes at the fund came with the challenges and we were grateful to the office of the Attorney General, I mean of the Auditor General rather, for their assistance in analyzing the, in analyzing the systemic weaknesses requiring strengthened controls and to the SIU for investigating the possible fraud and corruption. Disciplinary hearings are being conducted in relation to the suspended senior officials on the basis of the preliminary report received from the SIU. These investigations remain ongoing. We were also protected against the fraud and corruption by the UIF's follow the money strategy to audit all employees that receive the COVID-19 test funding up to the 31st March, 2021. 1,052 employees or employers had been audited and the payments to 1.3 million workers verified. The auditors verified payments of 16 billion and traced 228 million that was fraudulently claimed by employers. And I'm saying employers, and it's very important. 
Of the 121 employers that have already been handed to the Hawks via the Presidential Fusion Center, 16 have appeared in court. The Compensation Fund and the licensed mutual assurance companies have paid for medical treatment and replacement of the lost income for 12,500 COVID-related claims over the last 12 months. These bodies have also set aside 1.3 billion in terms of the COIDA Act to fund to fund vaccines for some 3 million uninsured workers and COIDA pensioners. NETLEC, the National Economic Development and Labor Council played a critical role in uniting social partners in a common response to the pandemic, shaping the income relief responses and the health and safety directions for the workplace. The council's role in promoting social solidarity um, at this time cannot be overemphasized. On the employment and the economic recovery, NETLEC also continued to facilitate social dialogue around the issues of growth and jobs, monitoring the implementation of the Presidential Job Summit commitments, unblocking key structural reforms now taken up by Operation Vulindela, led by the National Treasury and the Presidents. NETLEC also facilitated input by the social partners in the government's economic reconstruction and recovery plan announced by the president in October 2020. In the current year, NETLEC priorities include the implementation of the economic recovery plan with a focus on energy security, localizing or localization, improving public transport, the movement of the freight and enabling small businesses development, as well as the rollout of the vaccination campaign in the workplace. As part of the reconfiguration, of the department to give effect to the additional employment mandate. The labor activation programs funded by the URF were refocused to contribute directly to job creation and preservations. The URF will strengthen the normal employer-employee relief schemes, that is TERS, to give the relief to struggling businesses to save the jobs. Typically, businesses that have notified the CCMA of their intention to retrench would then be invited to apply to for that support from the UIF normal tests and were approved and referred to Productivity SA to develop sustainable business strategies. From 2021, the UIF has invested 104 million to assist the distressed businesses. The CCMA has recorded an unprecedented number of the referrals of section 1898, the retrenchment matters. The process, uh, facilitated or the processes facilitated by the CCMA in 2021 resulted in 42% of the notified um, at risk jobs being saved, some 58,000 jobs. The UIF lab uh, targets for 2021 for 22 include the following 12,000 youth targeted for training, 41,000 UIF contributors targeted for job retention and re-employment as well as supporting the SMMEs and establishing 30 uh, cooperatives. Despite the cost of COVID-19 tariffs benefit in the last year, UIF has set aside a total of 2.4 billion for the lab programs, including the business turnaround program, 70 million, normal tariffs, 250 million for new applications, and the training of the unemployed, 1.4 billion for the funding of the new projects linked to employment opportunities. 
The financial year 2021 under the normal test program, Productivity South Africa supported 25 companies at a cost of 5.6 million, directly saving 3,000 jobs. Productivity SA's business turnaround and recovery program capacity will also be further enhanced in 21-22 to support 191 companies at the cost of 115 million, saving some 10,000 jobs. In the light of uh, South Africa's recorded decline in productivity and competitiveness, productivity South Africa is strategically positioned to deliver on its mandate of employment and productivity with a forecast support for normal and informal SMEs, startups and cooperatives. This in turn supports the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. Meanwhile, the compensation fund has committed 10% of its investment portfolio towards the growth and job creation, some 7 billion. This includes an allocation of 1 billion to support employment creating SMEs over the next four years. During 21-22, the, Department the Department's Public Employment Services, the PERS, will continue working with the presidency to coordinate the pathway network management program, which brings together nationally the work, learning and job uh, opportunities for the youth made easily accessible on the digital platform. This requires the kind of joint up government the president refers to. Relevant departments and agencies have already signed, they've already signed up a memorandum or to a memorandum of agreement. Some 436,000 youth not in employment, education or in training, what you call the need, have already been supported through the wider network and an additional 170,000 youth needs uh, were placed into the various uh, work opportunities through the wider pathway management uh, network. Central to our employment strategy is the need to close the skills gap. Part of this reference or part of this references the new demands of the fourth industrial revolution. So there will be a greater emphasis on digital literacy as well as the entrepreneurial skills. And to this end, my department is collaborating with the Department of Higher Education, Science and Innovation, Communication and Digital Technology. Meanwhile, traditional sectors such as agriculture and service sectors, which have the potential to absorb many of the unemployed, will be made more attractive through the enforcement of the decent work principles that our labor laws provide. PERS is also engaging the agricultural sector to recruit locally instead of opting for corporate visas to employ foreign nationals only. Despite the pandemic, our labor centers, they continue to provide services with the constraints of the COVID health protocols. 245,000 work seekers were provided with the employment counseling services and 37,000 the work seekers were placed in employment. Excuse me. On decent work, I believe it's critical to reaffirm the mandate of the department to protect the workers and promote decent work. The labor inspectors to do this through enforcing compliance with the labor market policy and the laws. The CCMA works closely with the department in this project. 297 compliance inspectors or compliance inspections will be conducted during 21-22 with a continued commitment to prosecute the non-compliant employers. Despite the pandemic, at quarter three of the financial year 2021, 
24,500 basic conditions of employment and national minimum wage instructions had been conducted and monies recovered for the underpaid employees. The national minimum wage was introduced in 2019 to protect the most vulnerable, benefiting some 6 million workers. The National Minimum Wage Commission and the Department and the department reviewed the quantum of the national minimum wage annually. This year, increasing it by 4.5% to 21 rand 69 per hour, with the effect from the 1st of March 2021. Where marginal employers cannot pay the new rates, an, an exemption procedure exists. I should also flag that research commissioned by the National Minimum Wage Commission in the broader impact of the national minimum wage legislation indicates that there has been no negative impact on the employment. Meanwhile, to encourage employers to comply with the Employment Equity Act, 3,432 inspections are planned for the current year, up from 1,604 in 2021. During this year, Inspection will also take place in the informal sector. The department currently chairs a national task team to improve the conditions of the vulnerable workers, including or including amending the labor laws with a view to simplifying the processes and supporting the transition of uh, informal businesses to formalization. The new claims management system introduced by the compensation fund was fully operationalized in 2021, allowing us to, to pay benefits to the value of 4.2 billion rand, with 90% of this paid within five days of approval. To report on the current uh, policy initiatives, we have introduced the COIDA Amendment Bill, which brings major improvements in the benefits paid, as well as including the domestic workers in the category of employees entitled to occupational injury and benefits, and new provisions for rehabilitation of the injured workers with the aim of assisting their return to the labor market. So the Occupational Health and Safety Amendment Bill and the Employment Equity Bill are currently under scrutiny from uh, this house. Recent reversals of transformation measures by major companies point to the necessity to strengthen the Employment Equity Act. Parliament is further requested to engage with the ILO Convention 190, the eradication of violence and harassment in the workplace for the country to ratify it. My department has developed a draft code of good practice, which has been published by the uh, published there for the public comment. A major initiative underway is the development of the national employment policy and labor migration policy, which will be finalized this year for public comment. The promotion of labor market stability and sound labor relations has been central to the mandate of the Department of Labor, both to promote decent work and conditions conducive uh, to the investment and growth. Examples include the department extended 31 collective agreements to non-parties covering more than a million uh, employees, improving their conditions of service. Four bargaining councils concluded the COVID-19 related uh, collective agreements, ameliorating the effects of uh, COVID-19 in their sectors, as well as ensuring that workers were paid during the lockdown. Finally, let me thank the Deputy Minister, the staff of the department, and the commissioners and the executives of the entities led by the DG 
for their commitment and hard work in achieving the targets and continuing to provide services in very difficult conditions. Honorable Chair, I hereby table the budget of the Department of Employment and Labor for 2021-22 financial year. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Now I recognize Honorable M.L. Dunjwa of the ANC. Thank you, Chairperson. And good morning to the Minister of Employment and Labor and, and his deputy, and all ministers that are part of this debate, members of parliament, members of the portfolio committee, communities, workers, and the country at large. As we continue to celebrate Workers' Month, we must never lose sight of the immense contribution that workers, particularly, particularly the frontline workers that have, that have done to, to save millions of lives from the deadly COVID-19 disease. To all the workers of our country and on behalf of the, of the, of the Portfolio Committee and of Employment and Labor, Sitanda Ukuti, Masibulele, Gogubabete Bazinama, Bazinamela Impiluyetu. We must continue to reflect on how South African government, led by the African National Congress, has dealt with the pandemic during the national lockdown and put up processes that have engaged and programs that has enabled us to be where we are today. And we want our people to acknowledge that. The COVID-19 pandemic has had a devastating impact on the economy and millions of workers and employers and employers have felt it the most while, while doing their best to ensure that the wheels of the economy turn. The importance of establishing occupational health and safety committees that are functional and capable of ensuring that COVID-19 and other regulations are being adhered to is an urgent task for all our workplaces. The committee did receive the committee did receive a, the, the, the tabling of the strategic plan and the APP from the department and its entities. Let us acknowledge that the work of the, of the department during this time was very difficult, while at the same time performing its ordinary duties. We must commend the Unemployment Insurance Fund, which has to design new systems to distribute the COVID-19 benefits while maintaining the traditional UIF benefit system. But Minister Masicho Uguti, Ogo Ukelileo Namshanje, Ogo Banogo, Upikoto Lenwati, the Compensation Fund, the UIF, the Commissar Mesh, Siatemba, and Ogoba, Gel Tuba. We are demanding, we will say that, Chair, if we are allowed, we are demanding from the department that the consequence management must be, must be implemented 
And, and from month to month, we will implement that. The committee is concerned that the reduction in the budget allocation to the department could lead to the reduction of visits by inspectors to workplace as, tra as traveling may have to be curtailed. Other services such as outreach campaigns and capacity of the enforcement compliance of companies that are flouting the laws may be affected. The other, as the observation, as by our observation, the recommendation of the committee we will monitor the outreach of the Productivity SA as we are concerned that the entity is planning to reduce fruitless and wasteful expenditure only by 10% from the baseline. From the baseline, sorry, of 518,000. From the baseline of 518,000, the target of less than 10,000 jobs to be saved in companies facing economic distress is too little in the light of the economic challenges. On CEE, we are, we are comfortable that they have now seen the needs of coming up with innovating, innovative uh, uh, projects that is going to enable them to generate more funds, but we will monitor that as per our regulation. On CCMA, Chair, Minister, and Honorable Members, we are concerned, we have been reported on the impact of the budget cuts on the CCMA. We are concerned about that, and we are saying the department must find funds within its budget to support the CCMA where possible. We, we also hope that, and in that, we also hope that, Minister, there won't be any funds that will be, will be be returned back to treasury because that will be unfair to the workers of the country who are then who are to be served by CCMA and also commissioners that are not are not to be employed. But we are also coming up with a plan because we can never be also being criticized in the department of not doing its work. We will criticize when it's not doing. We are saying NEDLEC and its social partners must come together, in particular the economic cluster, and see and, and see how best can they, they ensure that workers, employers are implementing the section one, section one eight nine of the of the Labor Relations Act in terms of the retrenchment, that the whole process of communication is being adhered to that workers, we hope that workers are not being retrenched willy-nilly. We are saying that because of the influx that we see in all our labor centers. In terms of the UIF, we are, Minister, we are concerned about the slow pace that is taken. We are happy first that investigations are being done, but we are, we are concerned about the slow pace of those investigations because we feel that it is unfair that workers are to be are to are to suffer at the expense of people that are that have committed fraud. The entity must ensure deep finalization of simple cases of fraud and reports progress on complex cases to the committee 
quarterly, on quarterly basis. It must also provide an action plan on how it plans to create 5,000 jobs through UIF funding and investment initiatives and report to the committee on quarterly basis. We are concerned, honorable uh, members and minister and the DG, in particular around the issue of the, of the compensation fund. We have, we, we have been requesting information from the compensation fund on their turnaround plan. Up to now, it has not been coming. As a result, we think that we will also monitor that in the, within, with, with it, within uh, we, will, we will monitor the implementation of that at a, in quarterly basis. Yes, Minister, two bills are in front of us. We are in the stage now of receiving responses from the department, and we hope that that process will, will yield re results that are going to, to, to be favorable for everybody, in particular, the domestic workers. In his Workers' Day speech to the organized working class two weeks ago, the president of the ANC and the Republic, President Ramaphosa, said, I open quote, we do hear heed the call that we must do as much as possible to return to the bargaining table with a view of finding solution. The NC government reaffirms its commitment to protect collective bargaining and all labor rights. We therefore trust that in the spirit of commitment by the president, the current road of wage negotiations in the public service will come up with possible results. The African National Congress chair uh, supports the budget vote 31 of employment and labor. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Tunjua. Now I recognize Honorable Member from the DA. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, the Department of Employment and Labor isn't working. The Unemployment Insurance Fund has a backlog of unpaid claims longer than Ace Makashuli's charge sheet. The Compensation Fund is about as functional as Batabidi Dlamini at an ANC National Executive Committee meeting and just as efficacious. Almost half of NEDLAC's budget is spent on salaries, a figure that must be the envy of the unpaid occupants of Latuli House. Just about the only departmental entity that amounts to more than a row of beans is the Commission for Conciliation, Mediation and Arbitration and it has had a scythe taken to its budget, just as workers are being retrenched hand over fist. This budget fails the workers, it fails the employers, and it fails the unemployed. Meanwhile, the private sector in South Africa remains shackled by the state, stifled by policies, laws, and regulations that choke job creation and worsen unemployment from policies like expropriation without compensation that deter investors and sap economic growth to ever more onerous racial diktats like the Employment Equity Amendment Bill, to the extension of collective bargaining agreements to small businesses, private sector firms are disincentivized to create jobs. The Department of Employment and Labor's three and a half billion rand budget does nothing to help oil the wheels of job creation in the private sector. Instead, it puts sand in the engine of growth. All the while, 
with every passing year, our unemployment numbers go up. According to the quarterly labor force survey for the fourth quarter of 2020, the official unemployment rate increased from 30.8% to 32.5% between the third and fourth quarter last year. This is the highest unemployment rate on record since the start of the survey in 2008. The expanded definition of unemployment, which includes discouraged job seekers, stands at an unprecedented 42.6%. Over 11 million people do not have a job. The unemployment rate for those aged between 25 and 34 is 50.7% on the expanded definition. This constitutes a national disaster. To stall our unemployment crisis, we need urgent reforms to make the labor market more flexible. We need to absorb vastly greater numbers of young and low-skilled people into employment. President Ramaphosa has promised us a program of economic policy reform, but there is little evidence of it. Budgets are where you land policy. The president's pledges have landed nowhere, certainly not in the Department of Employment and Labor's budget. Much like the South African Airways fleet, his promises do not take off and they do not land. Instead, conjured purely in his imagination, they waft and float in the ether. All that is solid melts into air. In 2021-2022, the department's program for labor policy and industrial relations will receive 1.26 billion rand or 36% of the department's three and a half billion rand budget. We should be channeling these funds into an overhaul of labor market policy. We need to support value adding export led growth sectors to recover from the pandemic and lockdown. We must free them from overregulation by the state so that they can grow and expand their workforces. A study published by the African Growth Initiative at the Brookings Institution earlier this year found that the so-called industries without smokestacks, especially tourism, horticulture, agro-processing, and logistics, could produce both the number and type of jobs required in South Africa. These sectors are tradable, they have a relatively high value added per worker, and they show a capacity for technological change and productivity growth. Above all, they have the potential to absorb low and semi-skilled workers. Only the private sector can create jobs at scale and rapidly absorb predominantly low-skilled workers into the economy. This means we need to unleash the private sector, yet the trends are not good. The extension of collective bargaining council agreements to those who didn't sign them in the first place cripples small businesses and leads to job losses. Recent double-digit above-inflation hikes to minimum wages in the agricultural and domestic service sectors are going to lead to another jobs bloodbath. And the Employment Equity Amendment Bill will tighten the noose on employers. It empowers the Minister of Employment and Labor to set sector-specific employment equity targets. It introduces harsher punitive measures for non-compliance. The bill enables the minister 
to engage in a kind of social engineering based on race that is completely incompatible with the principles of a market-based economy. The ultimate result will be slower economic growth and rapidly rising unemployment. It is all very well for President Ramaphosa to blow the trumpet of reform, but until his government actually frees up the labor market, the unemployment crisis is only going to get worse. That is why the DA will be submitting amendments to the Labor Relations Act in Parliament to help create an environment more conducive to job creation. We want to exempt small and newly established firms from extended collective bargaining agreements. We want to make it easier for firms to hire workers and to tackle youth unemployment with a real youth wage subsidy. And we want to empower individual economic sectors to set their own minimum wages. And we want to offer tax exemptions to small businesses to help them absorb the cost of minimum wages. If President Ramaphosa and the ruling party are serious about job creation, they will support these measures. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize Honorable from the EFF. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, well, let me just change my background chair, sorry. Uh, just so long, Chair, sorry. I'm very sorry about this. Oh, let me just stop the video. That will um, help. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Chair. Uh, yeah. Chairperson, it, it just disorganized me. My notes are here. Just hold on, Chair. Okay. EFF rejects the proposed budget for the Department of Employment and Labor. This department must be changed to be called Unemployment and Slavery Department because that is all they are responsible for. The opposite of what the department is mandated from the constitution in the Bill of Rights, whereby they must ensure that there is quality as per section nine, there is a human dignity as section 10, no slavery of black people and picketing as well as demonstration of by workers are part and parcel of their constitutional rights. The department speaks about inspection of enforcement, something that is hardly happens, failing workers daily, the failure of the departments to conduct inspections and enforcement have left hundreds of workers vulnerable and very disadvantaged. We must put it very clear here, Chairperson, without fear or favor that there is no access to labor centers. It's just frustrating. Black people are just humiliated due to those long queues in alone, and no one must hide behind the pandemic. If you ask any worker in the streets, Chairperson, about labor inspectors, they will just tell you that those are workers' worst nightmare as they are bought by employers. The minister is aware of this, and everyone is aware of this, and they do nothing about it. The FF through the labor desk have humbled the arrogant racist capitalist because the department is failing. You must remember, Chairperson, that the Labor Relations Act does not recognize the EFF labor desk but because we have political will, understand politics and love workers, we are winning the war against slavery and exploitation of workers on a daily basis. The FF Labor Desk is winning a war against unfair labor practices, discrimination, sexual harassment, and unfair dismissal. Things that are listed in the Labor Relations Act, but it fails to protect workers. In short, Chairperson, the LRA is protecting the employers. I wonder when is the minister will be starting to introduce amendments in the LRA to protect workers. 
failing to do so, the FF will start also to introducing amendments in the LRA. The creation of the FF Labor Desk has restored the hope and human dignity of workers. The FF Labor Desk is made of hardworking volunteers armed with commitment and activism across the country. And we must say to you, Grand Forces, workers are noticing and appreciate your activism. Look what was posted on Twitter yesterday by the journalist asking the pertinent question and recognizing the work of the Labor Desk and question the failure of the unions that are failing workers and colluding with capitalists again, the same workers they charge. As the EFF, through the Labor Desk, we managed to get temporary employees, employers relief scheme, also known as TERS, money from companies, something that the department was supposed to do a long time ago and failed to do. On the day the FF desk was announced, the FF received more than 10,000 complaints a day. And this has increased by the end of the week. The labor desk was sitting with more than 70,000 complaints. That alone is a clear demonstration that the workers are in need of help. Let me demonstrate to you with just 10 cases of the work of labor desk, not hundreds, not thousands, just 10. Number one, in the Sun City, 26 workers in Northwest were served with suspension letters and disciplinary hearing was set. We stopped these dismissal processes and saved their jobs. Union was there colluding with the employer and even to try to stop us meeting with the employer. And we told that employer that we are not going to be stopped by anyone if we want to fight for the workers. Number two, Zama, a worker from Chekas in Southway Mall in Deben, were unfairly dismissed. And her Indians colleagues were accused on the same allegation, were not dismissed. And then we fought and restored her. The most painful case, which is number three, Chepesin, of the late Puniwe Nandingebe, who died at her workplace in Hemingsway in East London Spa. The young woman was forced to come to work by the profit-driven company, even after she reported to work that she was, not, she was sick, and later she died. The FF forced the company to pay for her funeral and the education of her kids. Number five. Five staff workers of Itemba Institution Technology in Soweto in Gladi, who were owed for four months the amount of 500,000, that is a half million, for four months. And Johannes Peggy, EFF Lepartes, humbled the capitalists and made them to pay workers. 40 Eddington hospital cleaners who were unfairly dismissed last week. The Lepartes volunteers just went straight there and intervened, and 40 jobs were saved within a spare moment. 12 Maluva farm workers and box packs, which are vulnerable workers, were unfairly dismissed and EFF Lepatesk reinstated them within a minute. Pharmacy Direct applied for tariffs and didn't pay workers and we forced them to pay back the money. No one will say that you are lying here because it was even covered by the media and Commander-in-Chief accompanied the EFF Lepatesk unless the one that is going to say we are lying is suffering from the self-imposed amnesia. Serumani, who works for G4 Security Company, who was on the verge of unfair dismissed on the account of incapacity. While he was injured on duty, EFF Labor Desk fought with this cruelty, with this cruelty and was reinstated. And that thing of incapacity, which was the reason used by the capitalist, because the Labor Desk loves poor people. Number nine, a company called before in Eguruleni, wanted to dismiss 60 workers, and EFF Lepatesk saw 
to it that they were reinstated. The last one, Jefferson, is Swiss Port Air employees at OR Tambo, who applied for tariff money, never received it, and finally they did receive their money. The FFL desk intervention at the CMA has proved once again that the whole thing of CMA is not working for the poor people and will be made worse by the budget cuts minister. UIF is riddled with corruption. The compensation fund was, has incompetent management. There is obsessed with fighting court cases, demanding payments instead of just making payments to service providers. And, all, and in all this, we debate workers' rights, but here in parliament, some workers have been on a fixed-term contract for more than 20 years. And the acting secretary, Jawa, just ended their contract just like that. It is been embarrassing by parliament who does not respect their own laws. In all this mess, the minister that is responsible for the Department of Labor is a communist who has been leading a union in all his life. But now he has turned against workers and tooling, following his name, Tulas, Wavelewa Tula to minister, Kuluma minister, the way Honorable Member, your time is up. Thank you very much, Honorable Nkali. CFF rejects Thank this budget. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Now I recognize IFP uh, Honorable Member. Unfortunately, uh, I don't have the name on my screen. Over to yeah, you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, it's Honorable S. L. Ngobo. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, this is one of the most challenging years for, an, for employment and labor due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Our youth are affected more than anyone else. As we speak today, more than 55% of our youth are unemployed. Companies are either retrenching employees or not taking any new employees at all. And this concerns us. The unemployment rate can only be addressed if the department ensures that employees are protected from employers who may want to abuse circumstances created by the COVID-19. We also need solutions to ensure that the youth who are unemployed get assisted in seeking jobs. This will require the department to think outside the box. There is a need for innovative solutions because the unemployment crisis is bigger than ever before, and it is trapping our youth in poverty. The government should consider relaxing the tax burden on employers who, uh, who establish and contribute to medical aid and provident and pension fund schemes for their employees. In this challenging economy, we believe that the government must extend more tax benefits to companies that provide training to their workers and to companies that hire youth in these challenging times. Given the current economic challenges, support for unions should be increased to boost their capacity to protect workers. In this regard, we add support for the CCMA to ensure that companies that try to abuse their employees through the COVID-19 situation are brought to book. Chairperson, it is concerning that the government wants to downplay other causes of youth unemployment, such as the issue of foreign nationals who compete with our youth for jobs. 
at times it appears that some companies hire more foreign nationals than South Africans because they do not want to comply with basic conditions of labor. We must take steps to protect our youth. Labor laws must be enforced to make it expensive for these companies to overlook our youth. We appreciate that the budget provides for the compliance inspections and 90% of companies that are not compliant will be given notices and dealt with according to our laws. We also welcome the budget provision for increased awareness of employment laws through advocacy uh, sessions. All these initiatives must protect vulnerable employees, increase safety and ensure fairness in the workplace. The workplace must be regulated for the benefit of workers. For this to materialize, there is a need for strategic leadership, management and support in the department, in particular in government in general. Based on the importance of this department in the protection of the millions of employees throughout the country, the, the IFP will support this budget. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson and honorable members. Thank you, Honorable Ngobo. Uh, uh, now I recognize FF Plus, Honorable Denner. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. Honorable Chair, I don't think anyone has felt the burden of the COVID-19 pandemic more than the labor market. Primary employment creators like small, medium, and even corporate, corporate businesses have felt the devastating effects the pandemic had all over the world and in South Africa, which ultimately hit ordinary workers hardest at the end of the day. And I fear the pressure felt by South African workers was only exacerbated by the Department of Labor's inability to deliver on its core mandate and the mandates of its different entities. During a portfolio committee meeting earlier this week, ANC members of the committee vehemently defended the department's failure to deliver on its expanded mandate of employment creation, citing the pandemic as the reason. But the fact of the matter is that the Department of Labor and some of its entities have been failing workers long before March 2019. The Compensation Fund has been failing workers for 20 years. Switching from one inadequate system to the next, we recently heard oral representations on the COIDA Amendment Bill, and one after the other presenters who work with workers, medical service providers, and the fund on ground level complained about the inadequacies of the compensation fund system, its staff, its management, and lack of controls. There are workers who have been waiting for their claims to be paid for not only two or three years, which is already shockingly unacceptable, but also 16, 19, and 20 years. Yet the fund, the department, and ultimately those tasked to do oversight of these problems still choose to ignore these cries for help to the detriment of workers everywhere on all levels and in all sectors and industries. The Unemployment Insurance Fund Though trying their level best to get through the staggering numbers of tours and other claims and to resolve complaints and queries amid allegations and incidences of fraud and corruption of the most egregious kind, are still not able to bring the relief that workers who are dependent on these payments so desperately need. So many dependents, so many complaints. 
It is most unfortunate that budget cuts have been and will be negatively influencing the productivity of the CCMA even further. The CCMA, the only entity of the Department of Labor that is remotely functioning to the best of its abilities, has an enormous shortage of resources, with commissioners on the brink of burnout and no funds to appoint more. The fact that the ANC government chooses to bail out failed state-owned entities that failed, mind you, due to their own poor management and corruption at the expense of workers in South Africa, instead of prioritizing the goal and purpose of the Labor Relations Act, renders their lamentations on the plight of workers empty and even hypocritical. Voorzitter, ek het al verskye kere in hierdie huis gesê dat die privaatsektor die grootste werkskeper in die land is. Die staat moet een gunstige omgeving skep waarin die ekonomie en bezighede van die land kan floreer om soedoende werk te skep en die inkomste achterstand van arm Suid-Afrikaners uit te wis. Die minister van Arbeid maak homself echter steeds keer op keer skuldig aan sonebokpolitiek waar hy die privaatsektor die skuld geef vir die regeringse mislukkings. Hierdie eindste theorie word ook as rechtvaardiging vir strenger SCB-wetgeving gebruik, wat die ekonomie nog verder sal streem. Ek is nie seker of die ANC nie al dag verstaan wat die skep van die gunstige ekonomische omgeving behals nie, en of hulle net uit verskillende monde praat en die plot heel te mal verloor het nie. In an answer to my follow-up question to the Deputy President on Wednesday, he said, and I quote, that governments all over the world should create the necessary environment so that the economy can thrive, people can find jobs, supporting small, medium enterprises and supporting companies so that they can produce goods and services and they can employ people. It seems the ANC does not practice what it preaches. The Department of Labor cannot deliver on its mandate as is. Further budget cuts will be detrimental to the core business of this department's entities. Our unemployment rate is staggering, the highest ever. We are going through a pandemic, which only highlighted the problems we have already. We can no longer afford to fund the skewed priorities of a failed ANC ideology. We must focus the resources we have left on the workers and work creators of our economy. It is the only thing standing between the well-being of all South and abject poverty and crisis. I thank you, Chair. Thank you. Now I recognize Honorable the Deputy Minister of Labor and uh, Employment and Labor. Over to you, Honorable Minister. Um, thank you, uh, House Honourable House Chairperson, uh, let me take this opportunity to acknowledge uh, the Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, Linda uh, Lwadunjwa, um, and Honourable Minister, Honourable Deputy Minister, one minute. Can you just sort out your connectivity? Probably you might need to switch off your video because you are breaking up. Uh, thank you so much, uh, House Chair. Uh, let me take this opportunity to acknowledge uh, the Chair of the Portfolio Committee, our Minister, uh, members of the Portfolio Committee, Honourable Members who are also present in this 
session. Uh, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, I greet you all, Jumelam Bahayechu. Uh, honorable members, you will agree with me that in difficult situations where bitter medicine must be administered, it greatly assists where we can maintain public trust. This applies in government's response to the pandemic, uh, the lockdowns, and now the vaccine rollout and the need for buy-in to move the country towards herd immunity. Generally, it is public trust that helps to resolve tensions over emotionally charged issues such as resource sharing and distribution of benefits. But public trust, which is invariably hard and can be quickly undermined. It is therefore vital that throughout the present difficult situation, we continue to encourage social dialogue and the important role played by NETLEG in this regard and needs to be fully supported. Uh, honorable members, this support from social partners was vital as government developed interventions and plans to limit the spread of the pandemic. And this support is vital as we now roll out the vaccine program, commencing with the health and frontline workers, and as we begin to roll out to vulnerable groups, uh, a very progressive vaccine rollout out in workplaces is being implemented through NetLEC business constituency and the Department of Health, and workers will benefit greatly from this intervention. But even as we move forward, honorable members with the vaccines, uh, Honourable Chairperson, we are mindful of the new challenges, the various strains uh, which have reached our borders and questions around the efficacy of some vaccines. We need to remain vigilant and faithful to our health response strategy, hygiene, masks and social distancing. Uh, coming back to um, our, our highlights of uh, this current year uh, financial uh, budget implications. The Minister has already highlighted the key areas of our estimates of national expenditure. So I will focus briefly on the budget implications itself. And in line with the National Treasury Directives, all department budgets were reduced by a minimum of 8% in the prior year. Honorable members will recall that uh, continued budget interventions and reprioritization was part of the COVID-19 response towards saving lives. And the reduced budget implications impacted on the compensation of employees by 1.1% uh, for program one, uh, of our administration. And we also experienced 50% reduction on payments for capital assets uh, on program three of public employment services. Uh, labor policy and industrial relations program four, we saw a 32% cut in budget for goods and services with a spending on capital assets reduced by 29%. And the impact on our readjusted budget reduced our budget by a total of 7.2% overall. And the impact on our budget certainly impacted negatively on some of our planned programs and budgets. We managed to live up to the commitment we made during the 2019-2020 budget vote, vote which uh, was preserving jobs and saving lives in the era of COVID-19. The current APPs and threat plans, which have been adjusted to look to, to uh, also took a huge knock from the prior year budget reductions. And this situation will persist over the outer years until we see real underlying economic expansion and as government continues to balance its budget. With regards to economic recovery, Honorable uh, House Chair, we are called upon by His Excellency Honorable uh, President Ramaphosa in his own speech to defeat the pandemic, accelerate economic recovery, implement economic reforms to drive inclusive growth and to, to create sustainable jobs, as well as to build state capacity to deliver services and enhance accountability. The President has instructed 
us to report broadly on the impact of all our interventions and programs on service delivery instead of just simply reporting on the achieved targets. So it is very comforting to realize that our collaborations across departments and within the department and its entities strengthen uh, uh, the call uh, for joint up government to promote delivery. And the district development model to render services at the call phase uh, and doorsteps of communities is a case in point. The minister and I have been involved in several outreach programs uh, in collaboration with other national departments taking our services to the people. We prioritize these outreaches because uh, we understand clearly the need uh, for interactive contact sessions, listening uh, to our uh, people and coordinating the delivery of services to the beneficiaries of our programs. Uh, as government, we aim to prioritize a massive infrastructure rollout and increase in local production as directed by SONA. SONA uh, also identified products such as steel, edible oils, food concentrates, PPEs, and green economy inputs as being among the 42 identified products to be supported for local production. So our labor activation program, our entities, and all our training programs will also focus on, our exp on, on expanding our productive economy and contribute to the return on the investment for the country's annual productive output. In terms of our entities, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, uh, the Compensation Fund uh, as an entity adopted the strategic approach known as Compensation Made Easy to strengthen delivery uh, to clients. Compensation Fund experienced a 15% decline in revenue as a result of challenges posed by the pandemic and a 13% decline in, em in employer declarations as compared to previous years, a measure of the pressure on the fund. Uh, and, and in terms of our uh, unemployed uh, men's insurance fund, uh, which experienced a huge impact from the downgrade of in, on investments, which impacted on its revenue. Since March last year, we have to report here, honorable members, that the UIF has experienced over 100 million decline in monthly declarations. Despite these difficulties, the two funds continue to deliver services and fi finance job creation and preservation job uh, programs. Uh, with regards to productivity as a the entity has adopted the strategic approach known as the change agenda the entity aimed to um, uh, unlock south africa's potential for sustained competitiveness and economic growth to improve productivity and competitiveness specific programs uh, promote uh, uh, comprehensive support for smmes productivity as a uh, honorable chairperson uh, uh, will also expand the capital capability uh, of the current public employment services system and labor activation programs, including the normal tariffs to provide a, a buffer against the loss of jobs, supporting struggling companies and transitioning retrenched uh, workers into other uh, economic sectors. With regards to the CCMA, uh, which adopted the strategic approach known as Invusel, the revival, despite increased caseload, the CCMA continues to focus on the enforcement of the national minimum wage and the basic conditions of employment act and just over the uh, uh, the first nine months of the 2019 2020 financial year the entity experienced a 17 percent increase in case loads uh, which equates to almost 30,000 additional cases and at the core of the ccma functions lies the need to improve case uh, to improve ease of access to service for services 
particularly in rural areas. We are aware that the budget constraints are placing pressures on the CCMA's capacity to deliver, and this matter is receiving urgent attention. And some of the underlying factors that are leading to the growth rate in retrenchment case referrals and the demand for various CCMA services include, uh, among others, uh, but not limited to the anticipated job losses arising from socioeconomic challenges as a result of stagnant economic growth and the decline in mining, manufacturing, and agriculture that used to dominate the economic environment of our country. Honorable members, the reality is that uh, tertiary sectors linked financial services are driving growth in our economy, and unfortunately, these sectors are no not so labor intensive. And the South African tertiary sector, uh, which includes trade, government, financial services, and the private security, is one of the most advanced and sophisticated in the African continent with the growth and transformation of financial services sector matching that of developed countries. Uh, collectively, the sector has the potential to be the main and the largest contributor to the GDP. Uh, but even the tertiary sector itself has not been immune to job cuts as much as there has been a surge in new jobs and skill sets owing to the uptake of the fourth industrial revolution uh, to maintain competitiveness, increase reach, increase profitability and outputs. The need for CCMA to reach and support vulnerable groups in rural and remote areas as vulnerability increases uh, remains the priority of this entity. And we are aware, honorable members, that most standard employment contracts, including social protection benefits, are being replaced with contract labor in a shift to a gig-based economy. And this may also uh, result in increased low, uh, low, uh, case load due to potential retrenchments. And it is becoming increasingly prudent uh, for organizations and businesses to constantly reskill and upskill employees as digitization and innovation become the drivers for success. With regards uh, to NetLag, Honorable uh, House Chairperson, the following uh, issues dominate the NetLag's agenda. Uh, measures to mitigate the impact of COVID-19 on the lives and livelihoods of South Africans, measures to fast-track economic recovery and create jobs, a strong focus on infrastructure investment, the digital economy and supporting the Africa Trade Agreement, and looking at the future of work, strengthening our responses and strengthening labor market institutions and interventions to address challenges facing youth, women and, and people with disabilities. With regards to our one of our entities, uh, Supported Employment Enterprise, uh, has, has been uh, receiving some support from the department through the procurement of PPEs. We aim to provide more support in the future and we will continue to engage other departments to do so. At the right time, uh, uh, we will also pursue legislation uh, that makes it mandatory for government departments to procure goods and services through the entities such our, as our SEEs. Uh, while I conclude, uh, uh, Honorable House Chair, let me thank this, uh, the Minister for his leadership and for steering this ship against the tide and the heavy storms. Uh, people will always uh, remember uh, uh, that this department led by you has always been with them in difficult times. And also allow me Chair, to just thank our, uh, our Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee for her heavy-handedness, uncompromising and firm leadership qualities of the Portfolio Committee itself. Our Honorable Whip of the Portfolio Committee, Dr. Ngabani, for holding us accountable uh, on our controls, projections, and forecast. Uh, you are a true inspiration to most young and old women in public service. Thank you for your patriotism and guidance always. 
that can uh, never be overlooked. Honorable members of the Portfolio Committee for providing uh, clarity and strategic focus on our work and your guidance on overall uh, uh, policy loop and impact in the services we render. I want to thank you for always demonstrating your commitment to our rural constituencies and oversight. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, for simplifying our work by demanding the breakdown in statistical reports that we present to the committee all the time. Thank you, Kiale Bohan, Yabulela, and Kosi, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, Deputy Minister Mloy. Now I recognize Honorable Trink and Honorable Mashaule will take over. Thank you. Over to you, Honorable Trink. Uh, thank you, Honorable House Chairperson. I wish to begin by focusing on our unemployment figures found in the introductory paragraphs of the 2021-22 APP of this department. The official unemployment rate reached a record high of 32.5% in the fourth quarter of 2020, following an increase of 1.7 percentage points from the previous quarter. This is the highest unemployment rate in decades. On the other hand, the expanded national unemployment rate measured at 42.6%. The official unemployment rate was mainly driven by an increase of 701,000 in the number of unemployed individuals to 7.23 million in quarter four of 2020. Of great concern to the ACDP is the rate of youth unemployment, which stands at 63.2% for those aged between 15 and 24 years and 41.2% for those aged between 25 and 34 years. It must be noted that Black African women are the most vulnerable, with an unemployment rate of 38.5%. Honorable House Chairperson, the ACDP warned as early as May 2020 that a harsh lockdown in South Africa, now considered to be one of the harshest in the world, would have a more severe effect on lives and livelihoods than the coronavirus itself. We warned that the economists predicted that our economy could shrink by between 5 to 10%. They warned that our debt to GDP could grow from 60 to 80% in 2020. And they also warned that a 6% deficit of our, on our national budget could, would increase to 12% of GDP. Additionally, a, a warning was that a further 1 million workers could be added to the ranks of the unemployed, taking our unemployment rate to 38% and the expanded definition they said to beyond 50% after lockdown. Well, they were not far off the mark. The ACDP called for the unlocking of our economy and warned that according to the South African actuaries, if a lockdown was not removed soon, the mortality rate as a consequence of unemployment, malnutrition, and hunger would be 29 times worse than COVID-19 itself. Well, the chickens have now come home to roost. We currently have one of the highest unemployment rate in decades and millions of livelihoods have been impacted. To add insult to injury, the department's adjusted budget of 3.3 billion was characterized by low spending across all quarters, mainly under compensation of employees and goods and services. The ACDP calls for consequence management to follow, particularly following allegations of corruption in the TERS and UIF disbursements. Department officials who are inept, incompetent and corrupt must go as they are a danger to our youth, women and Honourable other vulnerable member, groups. 
The ACGP will continue to speak on behalf of those who cannot speak for themselves. Honorable member, your time has expired. Uh, Honorable members, we will now move to Honorable P.P. Makubele. Honorable Makubele. Honorable P.P. Makubele. Can you unmute your, your mic, Honorable P.P. Makubele? Honorable members, uh, we will now move to. I am I am advised that Honorable Kwangwa is on the platform. Honorable Kwangwa, UDM. Honorable Kwangwa. Okay, Honorable Makubele. Honorable P.P. Makubele. Uh, we'll, we'll move to uh, Honorable Sheikh Imam and we'll come back to Honorable Makubele. Thank you very much, Charles. Thank you for the opportunity. Allow me to thank the Minister and his team for a comprehensive report. However, allow me to admit, and I hope the Minister is going to admit, that the number of jobs that is create that you're creating in South Africa, compared to the number of jobs that we are losing, clearly indicates that we are a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. More importantly, the high unemployment rate among the youth. Now, surely we need to put some measures in place to ensure that together with all the graduates and school leavers that are coming out, that we need to create a conducive environment to be able to accommodate. Otherwise, it's going to have a serious impact on poverty in the country, the high levels of unemployment, on the rates of crime, and that is going to continue. So I think, Minister, we need to be honest about it, that despite the efforts by the department and the country as a whole, what we're doing is clearly not enough, and we need to reprioritize and plan as well. We need to now, Minister, I want to tell you, corruption in your department is rife, particularly on the issue of perspective. And I like it when you talk about the minimum wage. What is the purpose of a minimum wage on paper if you cannot implement that? Now, I see some political parties also like to grandstand about some of the, the, the problems that workers are employing or having on the ground. Let me tell you, Minister, foreign nationals working in South Africa and South Africa, did you know? And I'd like you to come with me and I will show you first then how these workers are being exploited, particularly by foreign national and Chinese in the country. And I'm not expecting many political parties to be part of the solution because they benefit from the Chinese. 60 rand a day with absolutely no benefit whatsoever. They hardly even know what is a lunch break or a lunch time. Your inspectors are going to these places and collecting those envelopes and doing very little or nothing about it. So what is the purpose of a minimum wage if it, you cannot implement and protect the right? You talk about creating jobs. Let's talk about creating jobs in the private sector, not in the public.
public sector because you need to create a conducive environment in the private sector. In the public sector, you cannot sustain it. Here it is already. The, 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 you, you are not even able to keep to the arrangement that we have in terms of the increase uh, to our public servants. They don't even get good enough benefit. One of the few countries in the world where public servants do not get the added benefits of housing allowances and other things, which is really a problem. Look at the school assistant that the public sector decided to go and employ and can't even actually pay them. The other problem is the issue of skills. Minister, there is no coordination between your department higher education, the tertiary institution, to be able to address the skills needs of this country. And that is why you find there's an abundance in one sector and a shortage in the other sector. So I think it's another matter that you need to deal with very, very seriously. And very important, you know, if we don't... Remember, time has expired. Right, the National Freedom Party will support this, uh, this budget. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, can I call upon... Honorable P.P. Makubele of the ANC. Honorable Makubele. I did see that she is on the platform. Am I audible, Chairperson? Yes, you are. You can proceed. Okay, thank you so much. Um, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, Honorable Chairperson, on the 5th and the 7th of May, as the Portfolio Committee on Employment and Labor, we listen to the Department of Employment and Labor and all in its entities tabling their annual performance plans, as well as the strategic plans before us. I am a member of this committee after the committee lost Honorable Nombulelo Hemens. Owing to this devastating pandemic, may the dutiful soul of our dear comrade rest in peace together with many other members that we have lost. Chairperson, listening to the department and all its entities last week, I felt that all is not doom and gloom. Despite this disastrous disease that is forcing us to do things differently, I would like to quickly lift a few matters when the department stated that it, it aims to produce annual labor market trends report on the impact of the labor legislation. I was delighted. We got informed by the end of first quarter we must expect two of the labor market trends reports. We were also informed that the department will produce research report on the impact of labor legislation to the labor market. This gave me an impression which I think is a correct one, which says we are still focused. We remain resolute and we remain determined because pre-COVID-19, these were done, but it is important that they are done during this pandemic. Reason being that, we should always lead and govern by facts and leave others with their fiction, myth, and winging. Secondly, we must now shift our attention to impact. What is the impact of our plans and programs? This is how we will change our communities. This is how we will build the desirable society. This is how we will reconstruct the country. The other issue is this. There remains many employers who run away with murder. Employers who undermine our labor laws with, with impunity, Minister. We know that we cannot have an inspector on each and every doorstep of the employer, but inspection must be done to ensure that there is compliance with our employment laws and those employers who are found not to be compliant must be prosecuted. For instance, there are workers whom we refer to them as vulnerable workers. Why they ended up being referred to as vulnerable workers? 
One of the reasons is the cruel treatment that is meted on them, and that must change. Yes, they are vulnerable workers, but we should not be comfortable in refencing in them in a cage. They must be released. They must be liberated. The time must come where they will also be referred to as workers and not vulnerable. It is their vulnerability that we must, we must all fight. Chairperson, the, the vulnerability of workers is also <coughs> exhibited by the horrible working environment which they find themselves in. On the 25th of February 2021, I was part of the portfolio committee members that went on agent oversight visit to Arcelo Metal at Van der Bell Park. The agent visit was informed by an incident where three people, all males, died while at work. They were crushed into pieces by a collapsed structure. The youngest victim was a 29-year-old man who left behind a wife and a five-month-old baby and that made their soul rest in peace. Upon our visit, they were told the structures were built 100 years ago. These are structures that deal with fire daily. And such, it is obvious that without regular maintenance, they will always take life. We found out that this was not the first incident and it happens the same way all the time. What disturbed me most is that this, this industry continues to prove that we may have got political breakthrough, yet we are far from inclusive economic freedom and valuing the lives of our vulnerable workers. The transformation we always speak about remains only in paper, as on the ground, capital remains on the hands of the few. The board of this company is all white and all male, with no consideration of youth, color, and gender. This shows how the system continues to be oppressive to the previously disadvantaged. Chairperson, the chronic unemployment crisis of our country is not new. It is not the problem of two and a half decades caused by stringent and rigid labor laws. The labor absorptive capacity of South African economy was 15% in the 1970s and 1980s. It was negative between 1991 and 1993. And that is one of the reasons that is, is so stubborn. But Chairperson, what should concern all of us is that structural unemployment is hitting very hard on young people and the disabled. The struggle of our, our economy to absorb labor begins to suggest that a young person's ability to find a job doesn't depend on only on their skills, but also on whether the labor market is creating sufficient demand for employees. Fortunately, this administration has focused on finding solutions to the huge problem of youth joblessness. There is careful attention and targeted policy interventions created by government. Minister, Minister, it is pleasing to see that your department, whether you talk labor activation program or those programs are under public employment services are biased, if I may say so, towards young people. But we, we will, Minister, check if your department says number of registered employment opportunities filled by Registered work seekers in quarter one will be 12.5, quarter two will be 25,000, in quarter three there will be 37,000, leading to the annual budget of 50,000. As a portfolio committee, we'll be interested in the breakdown, how many are young people, how many are women, how many are disabled, and so on and for us, Chairperson. If we're going to tackle the issues of unemployment of the disabled as government, we need to be intentional and unapologetic. The supported employment enterprises 
which has been set up to facilitate employment for people with disabilities needs to be promoted. Preferentially procurement by the state from those features should be implemented without delay. Chairperson, the National Pathway Management to, trans to Transition and Pathway Young People is brilliant initiative or, or intervention because this speaks to the coordination, it speaks to the integration, it speaks to the synergy, it speaks to collaboration. Indeed, young people must connect to the different platforms in the network where they can build their profiles, receive jobs, work experience and income generating programs and opportunities. Chairperson, Minister spoke about the National Employment Policy and Labour Migration Policy. I believe these policies are ensuring that we do not react by reject and expediency when we are faced with demands for jobs by the South African and where they may be May, may have identified some impediments which they would like government to deal with them. I thank you, Chairperson Zakhenza. The ANC support the budget vote. Thank you a lot. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Makwele. Uh, can we proceed now to Honorable Bagrain from the Democratic Alliance? Chair. The Democratic Alliance has enormous problems with the department's proposed budget for every single entity. All the entities, bar NEDLAC, failed their audit. All the entities have not delivered and seem to view the opposite. Well, Chair, one can only quote from Alice through the looking glass, and I quote, the time has come, the war I said, to talk of many things, shoes and ships and sealing wax, cabbages and kings and why the sea is boiling hot and whether pigs have wings. We can't do any better than by having a closer inspection of the Commission for Conciliation, Mediation, Arbitration, the CCMA. This entity was the jewel in the crown of the Department of Employment and Labor. The CCMA had just over 20 years of success. It was one of those rare entities in government who actually fulfilled its task and actually had people who were fit for purpose, strange. The CCMA was both the sword and the shield with regard to the constitutional mandate as outlined in section 23 of the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa that deals with labor relations. It is a statutory body established in terms of section 112 of the Labor Relations Act. It should be independent of the state, any political party, trade union, employer, employees, organization, federation, etc. This body was specifically set up to protect labor rights and to enforce labor legislation. The enforcement is absolutely necessary for efficient quality dispute resolution and enforcement services. Without an efficiently run CCMA, our labor laws are a nullity, especially now in South Africa today when we have the highest unemployment rate in the world, the worst productivity rate in the world and retrenchments running wild. One would expect that an entity of this nature would not only be preserved, but would be enhanced and protected in the workforce's hour of need. For employees in South Africa today, the future looks bleak. The CCMA is being hollowed out by the department, and the money is needed to run the bare necessities for both conciliations and arbitrations have been diverted to that vanity project called SAA. What do we see? The CCMA statutory mandate cannot be fully achieved 
as they are receiving only 50% of the total budget required for the part-time commissioners. These commissioners are the very people who would hear the arbitrations for workers who might have been unfairly dismissed, retrenched, or unfairly treated. This means that 43% of those cases just have to wait. The workers of South Africa are desperate. Government has failed them. Even when the workers get awards from the CCMA, these vulnerable workers can't get anything from the deputy sheriff as the CCMA has no money to assist the payments. Even the staff within the CCMA are being affected negatively by the budget cuts. Services across the board have been affected and will be severely retarded over the next few years. In reality, no one came into the CCMA to lodge a dispute or a claim. You can't go in. This has to be online and thousands of employees across the country don't have the financial means to pay for ICT costs and requirements such as data printers, laptops and the like. The users have limited knowledge of the digital platforms and yet they're told to use these digital porters. Even the CCMA itself is predicting that further unemployment increases are expected over the next year and they won't be able to cope. The report says the CCMA can also anticipate an exponential increase in its case referrals. Economists are telling us that the employment levels will only improve only slightly once the country has reached herd immunity. And as you know, our government has failed that as well and it will take years. The CCMA's report goes on to say existing human resources are expected to be stretched even further with higher fatigue levels leading to increased absenteeism and lower productivity. The recruitment processes of all vacancies within the organization are placed on hold. The decision will impact critical vacancies, skills retention, succession planning of the organization. The various departmental reports look busy and they regularly pass themselves. The department keeps passing itself. It was Ernest Hemingway who said, never mistake motion for action. The entities are all going backwards. The budget is a disgrace and shameful. The governing party has failed its partners and has certainly failed the workforce of South Africa. A budget of this nature can only be summed up as follows. Twas brillig and the slithy toes did gyre and gimble in the wave. Mimsy borogroves and the moth rose at grabe. That's Alison looking through the looking glass. It was Mark Twain who went on and said, get your facts first and then you can distort them as you please. Unfortunately, our government, and in particular, the Department of Employment and Labor, don't even have the facts, but they're distorting, with, distorting without the facts. I know that my colleagues in the ANC are going to try and refute what is the truth. But, and I quote, you never engage in a battle of wits with an uninformed person. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Member. Honorable members, I'm informed by the table staff that the initial allocation of uh, Honorable Nonzele is 12 minutes. Honorable Dunjwa saved two minutes that she is donating to Honorable Nonzele, as well as Honorable Makubele, who saved one minute, is donating to Honorable Nonzele. So in total, Honorable Nonzele will have 15 minutes. Honorable Nonzele. Thank, thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, with your permission, I would, I would want to, uh, to mute my video because of uh, 
problems uh, with connection. Uh, at least I've, I've, I've shown my presence. Thank you. Uh, House Chairperson, uh, let me create the Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister, Honorable uh, Portfolio Chair, and Honorable Members, fellow South Africans. Uh, ANC support uh, budget vote 31. In saying so, Chairperson, uh, we want first to just to make just few remarks on the on the on the on the submissions made by Honorable Pardo, Honorable Kalipi, and Honorable Dana, all three together, because they represent uh, what 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 I can refer to as a, a three coins of three sides of the same coin, not two, in the sense that they all are due for absence of regulation in the sense that they all are due without facts, that in fact, uh, LRA is in fact, either an impediment or in fact, ineffectual. Chair, with regard to Honorable Cardo, I think we know and accept that uh, DA steeped on its neoliberal uh, uh, ideological outlook. Uh, and, and that would mean that the arguments that he brings to form are in fact uh, always the ones that uh, DA uh, talked to. The issues relating to the problems associated with the extension of bargaining uh, uh, agreements to non-parties is an issue that needs to be accepted in the sense that we don't want to see a country which is sitting with multiplicity of labor market particularly in conditions that he also agrees, that is of poverty, unemployment, and inequality. Similarly, on Honorable Mkalipi, the issue there is that it's not so much the issue of LRA not being ineffective, but if you go and intervene in disputes on a toy-toy and shouting and insults, you leave a vacuum there because you, you would have threatened somebody but at the same time, you don't leave records that would help the future generations in terms of references, in terms of uh, case law, and all other necessary aspects that, in fact, we can learn from that is in enriching our uh, labor policies. Finally, Honorable Dana, I think it, it would be important for you, Honorable okay. Member, to reread the report so that you understand properly the positions advanced by the ANC than the what those that you have uh, put forward as. Person. Yes, Honorable Kalipi. Um, Can I rise on a point of order? Please do. I just want to get a clarity. What is the member implying saying that uh, people are living with insult, insulting other people? And is she's is calling my name? Uh, I am not sure whether you are asking a question or you you are you are calling an order. Yes, chair. I'm asking a question to the member to 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 clarify the issue. You must concern. first you must first ask him if he is willing to take a question. Okay, chair. Please correct me. Is the member willing to take a question? Honorable Nontel, are you willing to take a question? When I when I conclude, chair. Okay, thank you very much. You can proceed. Honorable Chair, going to my presentation, as I've said already that ANC support budget vote 31. 
The period under review is characterized by economic challenges occasioned by both historical factors and recent ones like the uh, global uh, pandemic, COVID-19. We have seen we have seen contraction in the economy that resulted in job losses in excess of 2 million, which is a fact. And the net effect of this contraction was that the most vulnerable being thrown into the street at times not conducive for either sustained government intervention as well as uh, challenges faced by global economies. According to Stats SA, jobs lost by the third quarter grew from 23.3% to 30.8%. That is with in accordance with the narrow definition, eight provinces that is in the country experience a spike in, the, in unemployment statistics with Eastern Cape having the highest numbers of 45.8%. What also needs to be taken into account, House Chair, has been the ease with which some employers were picked to retrench, more so when centers for intervention were in turmoil. It must be noted that government through a formal address by President Cyril Ramaphosa to a joint sitting of both houses on the 15th of October, 2020, outlined the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. Sorry for that. In the plan, specific provision have been made to protect not just lives, livelihood, as well as to protect employment and wages. In this regard, the 200 billion loan guarantees that government made with banks to support the small businesses must be seen in this context. House Chair, during the inaugural State of the Nation address, that is the beginning of the sixth term in 2019, President Ramaphosa announced an expanded mandate of this portfolio to incorporate employment creation as well. As the ANC, we welcome the commitment made in the strategic plan to that employment policy will be in place by 2024. Our enthusiasm stems from the fact that this will allow us as the ANC to give content to our commitment to decent work and then abolishment of all forms of employment devote of this vision. In this year's State of the Nation address, President Ramaphosa has identified what he called, I quote, the foremost overriding priorities of 2021, close quote. And these include defeating coronavirus, accelerate our economic recovery, implementation of economic reforms to create sustainable jobs, and finally, that we must uh, fight corruption and strengthen the state, close quote. On all these fronts, we have seen measurable and visible progress. The issue, however, is that which is part located within the mandate of this portfolio we, we oversight. That is the implementation of economic reforms and creation of sustainable jobs. The strategic plan of employment and labor in one of its priority, that is economic transformation and job creation, has set a target of 275,000 jobs to be created annually. And this translates to 1.3 million jobs for the 2020 to 2025 medium-term strategic framework. We are further heartened by the commitment to support and further engage with National Treasury on the, on, the, on the review of conditions relating to one of its entities, that is the supported employment enterprises, which Deputy Minister had already spoken to. 
This particular entity employs workers with disabilities who produce such critical items as office furniture and so on. Now they are by the their very nature of our policies, a designated group. They are, however, not preferred as an entity in terms of procurement regulations. The limitation imposed on obligation and an obligation that they be treated and compete against powerful business enterprises, who in some instances, it is alleged here, buy from them at discounted prices and then resell to government and the general public at much higher prices. The benefit arising from the resolution of this challenge would be immeasurable as it will contribute to increased numbers in terms of employment for people with disabilities on the one side and a contribution to our economic recovery project on the other. House Chairperson, the challenge, the challenge to economic recovery needs more than just public pronouncements. It seriously requires a social compacts between government and social partners to agree on goals and strategies on how those would be shaped by policy-wise and be implemented. The benefits of engaging with social partners in pursuing these goals cannot be overemphasized. The National the National Economic Development and Labor Center, which is NETLEC, is an important platform that must be harnessed and resourced. As the ANC were heartened by the Portfolio Committee recommendations that more funding must be made available to fund its much-needed negotiation and facilitative role. I, I hope uh, Honorable Cardo listens on this point. One of the critical roles, roles played and facilitated through NEDLEC are the recent agreements on how to manage and minimize impact on, of lockdown on workers, in particular the vulnerable, the vulnerable sectors and the unemployed. The realization of the social and economic relief package with social partners at this level have provided the much needed consensus that have made some temporary arrangements in terms of relief being made available to workers who were on forced leave at the height of alert level one lockdown. Addressing uh, the house during the state of the nation address this year, President Matamela Ramaphosa had this to say about this agreement. I quote, it identified measures worth a total of 500 billion rent or about 10% of our GDP to provide wage support to workers and to provide various forms of relief to struggling businesses, close quote. House chairperson, in an environment where poverty, unemployment is persistent, absence of this consensus would have had dire consequences. It is therefore in our interest, House chairperson, that the challenges faced by the unemployment insurance fund be immediately addressed ANC support the call by the Portfolio Committee for all matters relating to corruption and malfeasance to be thoroughly investigated and offenders be brought to book. President Ramaphosa again asserts during the State of the Nation address on the significance of the package, whose successful implementation was dependent in part to the Unemployment Insurance Fund, which is the UIF. I quote, it is estimated that this grant lift lifted more than 5 million people above food poverty line, helping to alleviate hunger in a moment of great crisis. Close quote. House Chair then, our view also extends to the immeasurable role played to the compensation fund. 
in minimizing the unintended consequences of a hard lockdown and support on an ongoing basis to all those afflicted by occupational injuries. The recent outcomes of the Constitutional Court determining that domestics be also included in COITA as a sector, being both an important milestone and an advance in the course of improvements of working on working conditions covering one of the most critical in the vulnerable sectors. As the ANC, we again support the view that of the Portfolio Committee that stability on these operations of the fund must be found immediately. It is, a con it is of concern to us that the fund has over a long period been sitting with successive negative audit opinions without any consequences. We equally support the portfolio committee view that the outstanding uh, updates on the turnaround strategies must resume without any further delay and in accordance with the manner agreed to in, in quarterly, that is through quarterly reports. We further support the concerns raised by the portfolio committee regarding budget cuts that negatively affects commission uh, for conciliation, mediation and arbitration, that is CCMA. It is our view, House Chair, as the ANC, that given the current conditions where employers have often resorted to retrenchment as a solution to conditions occasioned by COVID-19 pandemic, the resulting in, this resulting in a spike on services rendered by the CCMA. We equally note that notwithstanding financial availability, conditions under the pandemic would necessitate change and flexibility on the part of the CCMA on how it continues to extend its services. Accordingly, we support the recommendations of the portfolio committee that urge the CCMA and the department to extend services through visible sharing of resources to ensure that access of CCMA even to the furthest uh, workers. We also support the recommendation that funding to CCMA be increased. Going back to the economic recovery and reconstruction plan, which is anchored on the following key elements, a massive rollout of infrastructure, a new paradigm for, ener for, for, for energy and employment stimulus to create jobs and support livelihoods, renewed support for growth, for growth to grow South African business, fast-tracking reform measures to, for a competitive and inclusive economy, a, support, a supportive macroeconomic framework, and a ruthless focus on implementation. The last one in particular, Chair, is, a, is an indicator that we are now talking to, which is very important, as you can see, that including the stats by, by the stats SE, that indicate so far since the period uh, after the third quarter, we have seen the movement in terms, for instance, of labor absorption, where about a million of workers have since been reabsorbed. This is not... I even gave you the min the seconds where you were disrupted. Your time is up. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, Honorable uh, Mkalipi, his time is up. You are not uh, going to ask the question you wished to ask. Honorable uh, members. Honorable members, uh, I'm, I'm advised again that uh, the minister on his initial uh, presentation saved 
three minutes. I'm also advised that the deputy minister saved two minutes and the allocation of the minister is five minutes. So put together, the minister will have 10 minutes. I now call upon the honorable, the minister. Thank you very much, uh, honorable chairperson. Thank you to the members for the constructive criticism and for those who supported the budget, the ANC, IFP and NFP. Just a mention to the NFP member that my department does not work closely with higher education. I mean, we do work, what does not? We, it does work with the higher education, which has recently published a national skills analysis. We, we're working together with home affairs and so on. So the call of the DA, secondly, for the whole scale of wholesale weakening of the labor laws is tantamount to entrenching low wages, poor and unsafe conditions, and a return to the apartheid style or apartheid style labor legislation. It's not going to happen. The government is committed to protecting the workers, creating the decent work and transforming the labor, labor market. Still based, um, which is the labor market is still based on the, the his, historic uh, racial, gender, and class inequalities. We will not renege on the employment equity amendments. And if you leave it to the employers alone, inequality, it's very clear, will be further entrenched. This has been the lesson of the past 20 years of voluntary legislation. Nothing, nothing, nothing changes. You know that yourselves. Unless you want to protect the privileges of the past, apartheid inherited privileges. That's what you want to do. That's why you are anti-transformation. Transformation is imperative and it's necessary for inclusive growth of our economy and country. We can agree that underlying economic growth, particularly in the manufacturing sector, is essential to job creation. One of the messages of the former minister, Rob Davis, in his new book, that's a very clear message. Strangely, the measures proposed to support industrialization and manufacturing are always opposed by the TA. What are you actually for? Time to come clean. The DA seeks a fully deregulated labor market, allowing their masters to drive down wages, a race to the bottom. That's not going to happen in a new South Africa. Where government and labor legislation steps in, this is often the result of the failure of the private sector to self-regulate. The DA should consider helping us to fight racism and inequality that is still prevalent in the labor market. They've said nothing about the corruption in the UIF of the employers, nothing, except to talk about the officials. The EFF's labor desk relies on the very same department and inspectors that the EFF claims doesn't exist. Notice that the complaints and allegations about inspections or inspectors by some capitalists never, never come 
with specific details and proof. You see, if honorable members have credible information about our officials being involved in corruption in terms of the inspection, give us, give us the relevant information. We will verify and act on that. So the EFF is skating on thin ice as they use violence to resolve labor market challenges. If EFF wants to establish a union, they are welcome to approach the Office of the Register of Labor Relations. Their objective is rather to fan the flames of the industrial anarchy, which benefits no one, certainly not the workers who need the assurance of the stable labor market. Employers must begin to create harmonious relations with the workers, create proper processes in dealing with the labor disputes and not abuse the services of the CCMA. When labor relations and basic conditions of employment are honored by all employers, that will, which will reduce, that will reduce the demand for services of, 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 of the CCMA. Uh, compliance to labor laws cannot and must never be compromised. Honorable Chairperson, we do accept that there are serious areas where interventions are required to improve the internal controls and governance. And the, we are paying attention and not ignoring the calls for the consequent management. And we are acting decisively in these particular areas. But let me thank all the members for their contributions. We will take all the criticisms look at them and see how to use them to further improve. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. We are prepared. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Big Minister, the workers Honorable need to Mkalibi. The desk is prepared to welcome you to Honorable our Mkalibi. Order. Honorable Mkalibi. Honorable Mkalibi. Let's not please do that. Let's not please do that. Honorable members, that concludes the debate and the business of this virtual mini plenary session. The mini plenary will now rise. Now you can call each other and no, tell. Please, no.